Welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan, chatting to some of the UK's leading business professionals, sharing tips, insights, and advice on how to create amazing customer experiences whilst building bigger, better, and more profitable businesses as a result. What can you do in your business today and in the years to come to truly delight your clients? What exceptional experiences can you give them to take away and cherish? How can you delight the most important person in the world? Satisfaction makes you one of many. Delighting clients makes you the only one. And you can't be just one, you have to be the only one. Hello and welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan. I have got a sensational guest for you today. This gentleman is the UK's number one motivational business speaker. However, he left school with no qualifications, spent years on benefits before starting his own business in 2006. With £25,000 of debt, he was delivering pizzas at weekends to keep his business afloat. Ten years on, that business, for networking now runs over 5,000 business networking meetings each year with thousands of members. He's also the highest rated and reviewed five-star Amazon business author. With four best-selling books under his belt, this guy really knows his stuff. Please welcome Brad Burton. Brad, how are you? I didn't jump. Yeah, I'm excellent, thank you. That's a hell of a start in life and a, and a hell of a business you're running now. Are you still doing that many business meetings? Is four networking that big still? Yeah, you know what? I'm not actually involved in it on a day-to-day basis. I've actually got a management team and uh, the business has been going for 13 years. And the interesting thing here, Jim, is that, is that uh, 94% of businesses fail in the first 10 years. I've been going for 14, now 13 with four networking. And I think it's a uh, what... What happened is year nine, nobody realised this, but year nine, I ended up um, uh, kind of putting a management team in place that would handle the day-to-day for the right. next year. And if at the end of that year, uh, the company was on the up, I would step back. If it was on the way down, I would step back in. And um, and it was 21% up. So <laughs> I made the decision that uh, they didn't need me anymore. So I'm still majority, still majority shareholder. Uh, but The secret is step away. Yeah, you know, and, and I spent three months um retired so i was playing my playstation 4 going to the gym walking the dog every day and then three months later i went now what and that's really what really kind of got the catalyst for my next you know the next few years really and the rest of my life really i suppose because i realized something that there's more to business than business you know if you think about any director any business that you're going to help, you're looking at profit and loss, you're looking at, uh, you know, uh, investments and this kind of stuff. And actually what it never shows on a P&L sheet is how happy a directors are yeah. or the workforce. And that's kind of a KPI, the likes of which I've kind of in- integrated into my world. So it's not about how much money I make, it's about how happy I am because ultimately every single decision that we make in life is about making us happy. And if those decisions are making you, causing you to be unhappy, then you're doing it wrong. Fantastic. What so? What's the what's the big secret to to the success of that other business? Because I, I want to get back to you and what you're doing now, Brad. But that that's a really sensational setup. That one. Why is it so good? I think it's because it's fundamentally different. I think that's the, the you know when I started for networking off, um, I was in a congested marketplace. Uh, you know, lots of rival organisations, and they're all. Uh, 
insular. So what will happen is a, let's say for the sake of this argument, a Clapham Common uh, networking group would meet there every Friday and the same people would meet and that would be it. What we've done before networking is created a national network. So every single group, I've been this morning to Glastonbury, I headlined at Glastonbury right. for networking. Then on <laughs> Thursday, I'm going to for networking for networking Bridgewater, which is where it started. So, and then I think next week I'm in Manchester. So as a member of for networking, you don't join one group, you join the network and no one's ever pulled that off before. And, um, you know, one of the things that I started for networking off back in 2006 was 50% social, 50% business, and it works. And back in the day, people were saying, oh, I've got that wrong. You know, it needs to be 80% business and 20% social. And actually I was on social networking in business yeah. before anyone else was really there because social networking never existed. And then, you know, I looked at it and I thought, no, 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 no. If the buyer doesn't like the seller, it's going nowhere. And the whole thing about uh, business was so formulaic in that people just turned up and was, you know, and what do you do? Hedge funds, hedge funds, hedge funds. And that's really interesting. Here, take my card and any referrals, I'll give you 10%. <laughs> and it was just like, it seemed to take the people out of the network. And what we've done is put the people and the heart back in business networking. Yeah. So, I mean, people buy people. We all know that. It's the most overused words in the sales world, but it uh, doesn't change. It's, you know, people, people are always going to want to work with people that they like. Um, so it's, I, I like that concept of being able to go anywhere, though. That really makes sense to me, um, which I guess is part of, part of it. Oh, so, so, you know, the way that it works is that if you're in Manchester on business, you arrange your appointment at uh, 11 o'clock and come to four networking between 8 and 10, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you're the new boy. So nobody actually knows you. So you could be the Mr. Cool on your region. Mm-hmm. Then you go outside your region and nobody knows who you are. So this gives you the opportunity to, you know, relocate, to to build a national business using our platform. You know, you've got LinkedIn, great, and it's online. But where's the real people? So ultimately, it's about meeting, it's about people, and that's what full networking does. But like I say, I'm not involved in it, even though I'm a majority shareholder. Yeah. I'm not involved in day-to-day on it anymore. But it's a wonderful legacy piece. And, um, you know, from my perspective, even I kind of pinch myself uh, as to the longevity of this thing and how how it just continues to build. So you you spent some time off. People who know you will know that you don't look like the kind of bloke Brad who sits still for very long. Um, and you must have been going crazy. No. <laughs> There's only so much PlayStation and gym you can do. Um, what what did, what were you thinking that time? You thinking oh, right, I want to build another business. Or I want to do something else. How did you come to what you're doing now? Um. So. If you look at everything that I've ever done, I was told every step of the way, uh, it'll never work. Like genuinely. So whether it was for networking, told it was never work. Bank manager laughed in my face, didn't have enough working capital. Um, <clears throat> when I uh, when I was um, started writing books, once again, literary agent said, you can't call a book, get off your ass. I said, why not? It's an offensive title. You won't get it in Waterstones. Mm-hmm. It's stocked in Waterstones, as I don't the four books, uh, three books. And said, I'm going to become a motivational speaker. People said, you can't. I said, why not? We look like a drug dealer. You know, I'm not in it, by the way, not anymore. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, every, step of, every step of the way, every step of the way, people tell me that, you know, I couldn't do these things. And um, it's, uh, for, for, for me, if I look at what I've done in the business networking space, I changed the entire national footprint of business networking. No one's ever done a joined up network. No one's ever done that. And actually... People laughed at me when I said that. Um, one of the things that I'm doing now is I am doing that same kind of disruption that I did in the business networking space with the personal development world. See, for too long, there's been so much of this culture of bouncing people into uh, 
courses that they can ill afford. Right. Because what ends up happening is you watch some Facebook video of some 26-year-old kid getting out of a Lamborghini, walking with confidence and swagger, and then behind him he's got, you know, six Playgirl models in, in, in bikinis dancing with a, with a mansion behind. And people sit up and listen to that bullshit mm-hmm. because they believe that that's, you know, that's what you need for people to listen nowadays. And, and, and this whole world's got a little bit crazy. So I'm doing it the other way. Is that I, Actually, I'm saying avoid all this stuff because, um, you know, I, how easy would it be for, for me to do a course and a video and all that sort of stuff and say, hey, why don't you come on my course for £10,000 or my masterclass or my retreat or whatever it be? And over the course of the three days, you'll learn the secrets about creating a national network. What you would omit from that uh, that whole approach would be the fact that uh, I was doing 40,000 miles a year. Mm-hmm. I was three stone overweight because I was on the road and having five cans of Red Bull a day. I got type two diabetes. I had a nervous breakdown. My marriage was on its knees. Um, I um, had legal problems and I was near bankrupt. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't mention that on the video. What you'd do, you'd mention all this sort of stuff about the 5,000 meetings. Now, I am looking at this whole personal development world and I am doing it the same way. I went into a, a space where it was congested, congested market, and I'm doing it different. I am now focused on changing the personal development world positively because I believe it's been up its own ass. I believe it's been self-serving. So now I've come into the space with my now what? I do these now what events every quarter, mm-hmm. my now what club, private members club, and also my cards on the table. So the whole raft of of daft ideas, uh, which they're only daft ideas if they don't work. Mm-hmm. All my ideas seem to work now. And it's funny because when I started my business off, as I said, nobody took me seriously. And, and that's great because everyone underestimated me. And I think the, the, the thing is now I've got a track record. Nobody underestimates me anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my focus, my next 10-year plan is to completely uh, change this personal development world so that um, it stops people getting ripped off and walking themselves down into these environments that they can ill afford. Yeah, you, you hit on something really interesting there. Well, the, apart from the snake oil salesman that you, um, you know, the only people who get rich at those mm-hmm. events tend to be the ones running them. Um, you, you hit on something really interesting there. You talked about, you know, the, that kind of YouTube generation. I, 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 every time I pick up the uh, the mic to do this podcast, Brad, I feel old because um, I look at my kids and I think, you know, yep. you get what you work for um, and that's how the world is. And they all they see is, you know, kids running around with the latest of everything because their dad's got a studio. They, they neglect to tell you that, you know, they're only good on YouTube because their father used to work for Disney and runs massive, you know, all the stuff. Oh, James, 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 James. Perfect. You're so, so true because people admit this, that mm. their father, like you say, works for Disney and therefore he's got the wealth in his dad's car or whatever. Because i tell you something, it would be all too easy for me to have a photograph or a video of me straddling a jet. I, I promise you. And we was actually <laughs> that close to doing this. Right. No, but I nearly signed off on, on a project to do this of me getting in helicopters and stuff just to prove the point and actually do the video to, to, to really, for one minute, paint a picture. Paint a picture of all this and then turn around and say, you have just been blagged. That's hired. This is a bullshit. And actually, you know, one of the things that I look at with my life, and, I, and it saddens me, though. It really does sadden me. I'll give an example of this, right? Mm-hmm. So I did something at one of my Now What Lives. I made the point. And everyone, as they came in, um, got the opportunity to choose an envelope. And there was 100 envelopes, or, or whatever the number was, 100 envelopes. There was one for everyone. And there was one gold envelope. Right, and actually, as they it was mid, mid midway through, I've been hyping it up. That was at lunchtime. I've been hyping it up all day, saying one of these envelopes contains something that is life changing. 
that is going to change your life forever. So I've been hyping this up. And at lunchtime, I said, right, go and get an envelope. Okay, guys, everyone, I want you to go to the back of the room rather than, rather than you know, because people who are at the front of the room, it'd be easier. Everyone go to the back of the room and make your way to the envelope. Everyone's running like fuck to get oh. one of these envelopes. Yeah. They run, somebody grabs the gold envelope and then we go for lunch and say, do not open them. Come back from lunch and say, right, who's got the gold envelope? Lady came up, Caroline, come up, give her a big round of applause. Wow, blah, 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 blah. I said, tell me, why did you choose the gold envelope? Well, you said one of them was life-changing. It just stood out and this, that, and the other. I said, open the envelope in front of everyone. She opened the envelope and show everyone what it says in it and it said, loser. <laughs> face dropped. Fantastic. I, I, I said something. I said, listen, don't worry. We're going to sort you something out, but grab a seat. And I said, everyone else opened an envelope. I mean, everyone opened an envelope. And one of the 99 white ones, somebody opened it and it said, winner, come up here. Why did you choose that? I just did by random. I said, right, here we go. Understand this. What's just happened there is the bullshit that you believe that you've got look at. That if you would have signed a check, that life-changing check for five or 10,000, because let me tell you, I could do that game completely. Mm-hmm. It's not what I'm about. So I said, the point is this. Why did you choose the gold envelope? You chose it because I, I made you look at that gold envelope. That, that was the one. Now, here's the point, and there's another point to this. So apart from this, imagine this. When you start out on a business, if you imagine a table full of envelopes, and as you open an envelope, you look inside and it says loser, you throw that away. Then you open another one, it says loser, 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 loser. You're now 50 envelopes in of it saying loser. And guess what happens? You go, oh, fuck this, I'm going to go and do Bitcoin. Or there's a multi-level market in here. Or I've heard that this is that. And now you've just walked away from it. That is what business is like, is that, and life, you have to make mistakes. Now, you could have some kid on YouTube that goes, Bosh, he opens his second envelope, and in it, it says winner. And now, what he's doing is he's going to a YouTube video and saying, hey, guys, you're going to learn the secrets. How I made $3 million in just six months. Mm-hmm. Now, when you try to reproduce that, it doesn't work. So here's the thing. Go and get any guru that you want. Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone. And go and get them a big fucking pile of white envelopes and say, right, one of them's a winner. Choose it. Go and choose it. They can't. Why? Because there's so many variables and this is the thing. So if yeah. you look at me and my, my network, I could sell that as a course and have people rushing there to come on my freaking three-day mastermind retreat over in Spain or whatever, and people would be paying money to learn the secrets. And they seem to miss the very fucking thing, which is I was stupid enough to have nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose. So therefore, I could afford. The only thing I had was time. But people believe that they can pay a check and fast track their way to the front of the queue. It doesn't work like that. I'll give you one more example before you can get on. Sorry. Imagine, if you will, Jamie Oliver and and myself in a 10-foot room. Jamie Oliver's got one kitchen and everything there and all the ovens and the sinks and all all the ingredients and knives. And I've got exactly the same. Back to back, he's three foot away. Jamie Oliver gives me a two-hour talking to about how to make a souffle then we've got to make the souffle. Then two hours after making it, I've got exactly the same kit and ingredients. We turn around, I open my uh, oven and show everyone my souffle. And he does the same. Which one tastes better? Jamie Oliver's. Which one looks better? Jamie Oliver's. Why? Because we've got the same ingredient. We've got the same recipe. The thing that people miss is 20 years of experience. And people don't want to hear this. They want to hear that you can go to Jamie Oliver course and have a picture with him. And the next thing, you're doing fucking Jamie Oliver souffles. And this is the myth that is perpetuated by these people. And it's the worst bit of that because these turkeys that go along to these things are voting for Christmas. They want to do it. There's a reason that beggars exist because people give them money. If there was no uh, people didn't give them money, beggars would have to do something. It's the same principle. And, and I think, I, like I say, I'm doing my utmost 
to try to steer people away from that and know that actually that is not the real world. And as you say with your children, they're looking at these influencers with seven, eight hundred pound bags and makeup that's taking 90 minutes to do, flawless. Mm-hmm. And they think that that's the real world. And it's not. The real world is emptying fucking poo bags, going to Sainsbury's and thinking, shit, I've not brought a plastic bag with me and going back to your car for two of them. <laughs> that's the real world. Not driving around fucking Monaco with a Zonda with a Playgirl and a chiffon dress. It's just nonsense. But this is what we end up buying into. Oh, mate, I'd love to step forward 30 years and see what these what becomes of these people uh, because they'll be the next thing. You know, YouTube's only however old. It's not old at all. Um, and the next thing will come, and where yep. will they be? Um, it's not sustainable, but it's, uh, it's, 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 it's all part of the Correct. instant world we live in. You know, everything's available now, and so everybody expects that they can have that. Yep. And that, that entitlement leaves – it's going to leave a big hole in the world and the economy in a few years' time. It's going to be tricky. But, well, James, you, you, you know what's really funny about this one? <laughs> and it's really sad as well is that we compare our lives to these people and this bullshit, this highlight reel that you see on Instagram or whatever it is. And I say to people, when I teach people, I say, look, compare your life to you. I have done four years on benefits. I've been addicted to drugs twice. I've got no qualifications. I started my business, £25,000 in debt, i.e. on daft cars and televisions and credit cards and money, that uh, cars and televisions that are no longer owned. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hardly ideal conditions. And the only thing that's changed for me now at 31, sorry, 46 and me at 31, <laughs> is my mindset. Yeah. Right? I know, going back in time. But the only thing that's changed is the way that I look at the world. And my brain is like a hard drive. And in fact, everyone's brain is like a hard drive. And it depends on what software you've got loaded on there or operating system. And my operating system now is so much better. And, you know, I can't teach anyone to have a jet. I can't. But what I can teach is people to be a better them. And that's what I, I, I do on a daily basis. So that's what I'm doing, by the way. You know, in answer to the question, I felt like a politician now. Uh-huh. But in answer to the question, that's what I'm doing. I'm helping people become better versions of them. But I'm doing it in a manner which means they're not getting striped up. Because what happens with this all this this whole game? And I've looked at it, you know, I've looked at the, the, how people do it. Is that people assume because something's so expensive, it must work? Yeah, yeah. But it's never never the case. And you you touched well, you you didn't touch on you you pushed a, an inter- really great point at the beginning about happiness, because uh, you know you, we've all we've all done things for a lot of money. I used to I used to work in in town and run around like a blue ass fly and. You know, one day decided that actually yep. I'd like to see my children grow up. Um, and for me, it's it's now about time. James, how quaint, how quaint wanting to see your children grow up. Are you crazy when you could make more money? I don't need to I, I just, mate, we all, we all know the truth of, of money, which is we only need as much as we need. Um, and, you know, the people yep. who, if people want to chase it, go ahead, enjoy yourself. Um, you know, for me, a good holiday once a year with my family and, you know, making sure the bills are Bang paying, on. we're all we're all well educated. That's that's the stuff. Um, Bang on. What does happiness mean to you, Brad? Hmm, great question. So let me tell you something. Every single decision that we make in our life is to make us happy. So anyone who's listening to this right now, every single decision that you've ever made in your life ultimately is to make you happy. Now we do make decisions for one of three reasons: uh, one for security, two for control, or three for approval. But any decision that we make ultimately is about making us happy. For me, being happy is a mindset. Like, I, I, like, yeah, was it yesterday? So, yeah, yesterday. Yesterday I was in a funk. Like, weird. Like me, Brad Burton, the UK's number one motivational business speaker, says on my website. You know, I was, I, was, I was in a funk. And I accepted that that was how it had to be yesterday. And no amount of clever stuff or affirmations or sat there going, um, would have fixed it. 
So I recognise that from whatever perspective is that, you know, that it just needed to, it'll pass, it always does. So for me, happy is being content in everything that you do or in what you do. See, what ends up happening in life is that people start chasing stuff, believing that happy is in their 40s television, then a 60, then an 80, then a 100. And don't get me wrong, I've got stuff, right? I've got mm-hmm. stuff. I've got quite a lot of stuff. However, that's not, I've, I've sussed it out. Happy is about contentment. You know, for me, um, happy is about is about success. Success, not success. Because that's why I ended up with success. I was ill chasing this fucking world, this 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 whole uh, picture that has been presented about what an entrepreneur should be. And actually, you know, what a business owner should be. And for me, what a business owner should be is happy. And if your if your drive and ambition is causing you to be unhappy, unhealthy, then you've got success, success, you're ill. And that's what happened to me seven years ago. I had a nervous breakdown, right? You know, I literally unraveled. I unraveled mentally. And for two and a half years, and I didn't even realize until I kind of looked back at how long it was, two and a half years, I thought I'd broke myself forever. Like I thought, you know, that that kind of X factor that I'd kind of bring, I thought I'd gone into two and a half years to fix. So for me, being happy uh, and having success is happy. And, and like literally it's the core tenant of everything that I stand for is what I'm doing making me happy. The answer is no, don't do it. When you talk about business owners being happy, that's one thing. Um, but what about their staff? How does a business owner help their staff be engaged and happy in what they do? So my staff, if they can't be asked working, they go home, right? If they genuinely can't be bothered working, they go home. Don't have to, to, to fill in a form or go and see HR, none of that. They just go home. So we end up with a culture where I remember when I worked in, in, in an office environment, like two o'clock in the afternoon, you're bored shitless, don't want to be there, you're unproductive, and you're sat there for the next three and a half hours pretending, tapping away at a keyboard, right? And it's like, you know, 5.29, you put your jacket on and it piss off. That's you're in the wrong job, aren't you? So the way that I do my stuff, Pardon? You're in the wrong job, aren't you, if that's the way you're behaving? True story. And if you're dreading Monday mornings or your weekends are going too fast, you're in the wrong job, you're in the wrong business, change something. So so for me, you know, I'm really honest with my staff. And, you know, I don't sit there clock watching. I'm not asked about um, input, not bothered. They could, if they want, if they do the job in 10 minutes, that's it. As long as the output's correct, cool. Um, you know, I think we, we, we kind of get that misguided in, in, in life and business. That you know, forty-hour working weeks. If you can get the same result in four hours, mm-hmm. and actually get you know your staff going to spend thirty-six hours doing family stuff, and they're happier, I'm good with that. Like genuinely, which you know, it's counterintuitive to probably everything that every HR law that exists out there, and that's the problem that I probably run. Which is, it's great when it's great, and then when somebody starts taking the piss, then you've got mm-hmm. yourself to unpick it, and I, and I recognise that. But I'm quite happy running my organisation like this. But well, so you're obviously doing something right. Yeah, and what you know, you talked about mistakes before about people making mistakes in business, and and since since two thousand and six, when you I know obviously there's a, there's the, your backstory, which is which is uh, if people want to read about yeah. more that you you cover in your books, or you, it's certainly well covered in the first mm-hmm. book. But if you want to, it, it sorry, since two thousand and six, you must have made some mistakes, Brad. You must have stuffed up a few things in business. What what were they? Yeah, and what did you learn from them? All right, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. Well, what I learned is this. An expert is someone 
who has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. So, so many people are scared of making the decision in case it's a mistake. Well, let me tell you something. A mistake is only a mistake after the event. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, it's the correct decision. No one, including me, wakes up and says, you know what, I'm going to go and fuck up today. But occasionally I do. Now, go back down to what I said, that your success or failure in your life is going to be defined by your ability to make decisions, good ones or bad ones. Want more success? Make better decisions. But the only time you know it's a good decision is after the event. So people labor on decisions. They're not going to get any more data. I don't. I make a definitive decision and then live with the outcome. So for me, I've made some howlers. I've made some absolute howlers. So speaking, for instance, is a great example of this as a motivational speaker. You know, I've been on stage, 400 people there, speaking for 45 minutes, 20 minutes in, trying up. I've got nothing for the next 25 minutes. And I don't know what to do. I've got stage fright and fear. This is about five, six years ago. And the fear's kicked in. Now, as a result of that, I now know what to do next time. I now know what to do next time. But most people would die on stage and say, you know what, I'm never doing that again. But what I do is go, what do I learn from that? How can I avoid this in future? So I absolutely encourage mistakes in my organization. Absolutely, 100% encourage decisions and, and encourage mistakes. And as long as you've learned from a mistake, it's all right. It's when you don't learn from a mistake, that's the decision. So I'm good with decisions. Mm-hmm. I'm good with mistakes, like genuinely, like, like no other person that I know. They are all part of what makes you an expert. So if you want to be an expert, make more mistakes. And if, if we were, if you were sat, if my little lad was sat here now, Brad, what would you tell him? He's 12 years old. He's just about to finish year seven at school. What would you tell him to do? Uh, wear a condom when he's older. <laughs> right? like, like, uh, of all the things I didn't expect you to say, mate. That... <laughs> well, well, yeah. Yeah, James, it's probably one of the most, you know, I'll go back down to what I said about making decisions. Yeah. Right? You know, if you can live with the downside of any decision, you should make that decision. But once again, you look at that whole thing there, it's a single bit of advice that young men ignore. And it's like the one where you end up with babies that you kind of anger about. You was having 10 minutes of fun, now you've got yourself 18 years of a baby. So, you know, joking aside, I'm being half facetious there. But uh-huh. you see what I'm saying? I, I would really, like, kind of, you look at that whole thing about making decisions, right, about what I just said a second ago. You know, that is one of those decisions that actually could have lifelong ramifications, by not doing something for the sake of anyway, so that's that there. But. So, so it's going to say I absolutely agree with you, but I also believe that we are we are the, the you know we're the product of our history, and you know I don't think Brad Burton would be Brad Burton if you hadn't gone yeah. through what you had to go through to get to where you are now. So you know some of the foolish stuff. So, you know, there's that thing so going bad. around Facebook. You know, aren't you glad that when we were kids there wasn't uh, you know there weren't camera phones and and I'm delighted there weren't camera phones. I made some really stupid moves. You know. But those <laughs> things make you who you are today. Oh, totally. Um, and uh, yeah, you're going to you're going to do dumb stuff. Let, let me let, let me let me answer this question. Let me ask you, answer the question okay. in a different way. So I am um, the worst day of my life was in 1995 when I got two bullets put through my window in Manchester, and I moved away from Manchester, my home of 21 mm-hmm. years. I moved away and I moved to Somerset and. Genuinely, like the worst day of my life. And uh, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be talking to you now. There'd be no Brad Burton, the motivational speaker, for networking, the books. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Nobody could have told Mm -hmm. me at the time. I wouldn't have believed them. But looking back, it's like, so everything happens for the reason, even the shitty stuff. And so many of us like want to turn back the hands of time to try change life or to do something differently. We can't. 
So I wouldn't change a single thing, including those mistakes, as long as you learn from them. So to your 12-year-old is this, is to understand that things change and that everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason, even the shitty stuff. Sometimes it might take 20 years for it to make sense, but one day it'll all make sense. And to somebody starting business today or people who are actually in business, Brad, what's your what's your big thing? What's your number one golden nugget that you would leave people with to make their businesses better today and better in the years to come? Great, great call. Um, make sure that your dream is really your dream. And it's not something that you're doing to prove a point to your dad who locked you in a coal shed when you was nine or to a teacher who told you never amount to anything. And just make certain because what ends up happening is, is we, we end up having these dreams that are so big and lofty based on this new social media world that you want to jet and you want to be straddling it that ends up becoming a nightmare because you're never going to realise that. So you always end up in a place which is not where you want to be. Make where you are where you want to be. And I look at my life, like I say, I've, I've got, you know, I've literally got a five-bedroom house here. I've got one room that I don't go in. I wanted a 10-bedroom mansion, as my dream was a 10-bedroom mansion. And and I think if I would have worked really hard to get a 10-bedroom mansion, guess what? I'd have six frigging rooms I don't go in. Yeah. You know, so the pointless futility of it all just makes certain that what you're chasing is really what you want. And understand this, to get to see where everyone wants to be, you've got to go via A and B. And A and B is the bit where it's tough. A and B is the bit where you deliver pizzas like I did. A and B is the bit where you're literally not getting paid for months. A and B is the bit where right, people don't want to do that. And all people want to do is get to the end result. And what I would say is having gone through a business and started a business with, you know, with nothing, I kind of wanted to fast forward through that bit at the start, which is really tough. And uh, looking back now, that was the best bit. You know, I'm now in a, st- a, a business that is stable and I'm in a stable life. And, and it, yeah, it's nice to be there and it's, it's wonderful not to be worrying about money anymore and have to scrimp and shave and whatever, you know. But that's the fun bit. And I didn't realise that at the time. I was so preoccupied with getting past this that I never took stock of where I was and how I got there. Brad, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. I, you know, I appreciate you. You're a very busy guy. It's been, uh, been great to have you on. Thanks for all your thoughts and all your advice. Fantastic. Good man. Really enjoyed that, friend. I hope you really enjoyed this episode of The Only One Business Show, and I look forward to sharing your company again very soon. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so wherever you pick up your podcasts. And in the meantime, have a great day. Bye for now.